Big Finish, we love stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 26th of December 2021. <laughs> Boxing Day. We must be on the lookout, Barney Dog. The net is closing. Um, excuse me, sir. I think I may have taken your ticket by mistake. Ah, young master. No, I have my own ticket. Thank you kindly. Oh, I thought... I say, are you a Punch and Judy man? I am, so to speak, a showman. When chance does call. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. In the UK, it's what we call Boxing Day. Nobody really knows why, but we just sort of do. Something to do with boxes, maybe? Boxing? Boxes, presents, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, hope you open a Christmas box to find a Big Finish audio drama in it. Oh, yes. I mean, what more would you want for Christmas? And as you sit back, recovering from your Yuletide excesses, we <sighs> tickle your fading neurons with Ooh. our good review guide this week, talking yeah. about The Avengers with Steed and Tara King. It hardly looks hostile, does it? Hostile territory really does. Then, because it's Christmas, or nearly, we felt it was only right to remind you of our wonderfully festive release, The Box of Delights, starring Sir Derek Jacobi, Mark Gatiss, Annette Badland, David Warner, to randomly name but a few. I'm Barnaby Edwards, and I'm the director of The Box of Delights. Listeners' emails pop up next. Just write to podcast at bigfinish.com if you want to be a Big Finish email star. Following that... I sounded like Roland Rat then, didn't I? <laughs> email star. Good old Roland Rat. Yeah. Uh, said no one ever. Uh, following that, in our also available segment, we tease you with our Paul Sprague Memorial Short Trips winner, The Liquorwick Abomination by Joe Vivas, uh, a Ninth Doctor story smartly performed by Jacob Dublin. Call it a fiver and you can keep the change. The Randomoid Selectatron is having a little Christmas break, but we'll be back Whoa. in our second podcast of the new year. And just to remind you what this special time of year can do to your ear things, we give you a 15-minute drama tease of The Box of Delights. I wonder who they're hunting for. Yeah, I see that my barley dog has made friends with you at first sight. That's the time that likings are made. Um, yes, sir. And you, young master, are looking for your ticket, which, lo, is on the platform. Dropped at your feet. Uh, now, yes. what were your personal and Big Finish highlights of 2021, can you say at all? <laughs> Ooh, this, this is an, in, an interesting question. I don't know the question. answer to this. It's been, it's been, I tell you what, it's been a bit of a blur for me. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you actually what was a personal highlight for me. was actually, uh, believe it or not, doing Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Because, um, because it was because I've done a lot of Doctor Who stuff and I've 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 worked on a lot of different ranges. Another Survivors was was wonderful as well. But I'd, I'd not I've never really done anything Victorian and I, and I love love a bit of Holmes. And so it's actually really nice to, to do that. I really enjoyed working on that. So that was great. Oh, that's fun. right. Well, goodness me, I can't even remember what it was called now. It was called the. Um, I know that the, the one that I'm about to start is called the something in New York City the seamstress of Peckham, Peckham Rye yeah. Peckham Rye that's what I was that's it yes the seamstress of Peckham Rye Peckham Rye well I think we should have uh, a bit of uh, a reminder of that there's been a murder Dr Watson in a smart family in a smart part of town well it's not my world you understand they've closed ranks against me but it troubles me sir the savagery of it in the heart of the greatest city on earth. The concentrated brutality of the thing. Come Watson, the game's afoot! From Big Finish Productions, Sherlock Holmes, the seamstress of Peckham Rye. A dead barrister in a new suit with a code in his pocket which has baffled the experts. The redoubtable Mrs Tyndall was just about to tell me the story of that tragic night as she recollects it. I was. Anything I can do to bring my husband's killer to justice. I'm searching for links in the chain, for the proper connective tissue. A dead barrister, a missing neighbour, a new suit, a baffling cipher, and a survivor who takes every night to the London stage in spite of her evident instability. An evening of terrible revelation! I was held captive 
in the cellar of my husband's home in Maida Vale. I lived in darkness and in squalor, with almost every dignity stripped from me. If anyone can figure it out, Mr. Holmes, I'm sure that you can. The name, sir. The name, at the very thought of which you turned quite pale this morning and flung me from these premises. I do intend to marry her, you know, at the earliest possible opportunity. But she needs... Well... uh, Her husband has to grant her a divorce first. But I'm not now, nor have I ever been a criminal. I'm not the kind of fellow your friend Holmes would run down on some lonely moor before cuffing me and dragging me to justice. I make no assumptions, Mr. Drennan. I'd rather face my own wife or the police or a dozen consulting detectives than speak that name aloud to you. Tell me, man! Big finish. We love stories. There we are. That's a nice big finish highlight. That's, that's it was good fun. My favourite one was Ken's nice comment because it, one of the scenes is set in a smoking room. Mm. He said, "Wow, he said you've done such a good job at the smoking room. I can really, I can really hear everybody smoking and doing stuff." And yeah. I thought, "Yeah, sort well, of- yeah, <laughs> yeah." There's a bit of that and the lovely, you know, like the sort of sound that like cigars and cigarettes make. Very, oh, very yeah, Christmassy sort of. It is, smell, yeah. isn't it? There won't be any of that in our household. Has to be said. Um, oh, that's good. Any other things you want to... Uh, as I said, bringing back, you know, doing Survivors mm. again was nice because I've been, as you know, I've been championing Survivors for, for years since we stopped doing it. And so it was actually really nice to, to dip back into that depressing world. <laughs> Out of one depressing world and into another. Um, but that, that was lovely. But it's interesting and, human drama, isn't it? One, one oh, it really say. is, yeah. With real, you know, real dilemmas, moral choices. And I love things like that. And it's acted, you know, it's got so many superb actors in it. Uh, who really do it justice and I would say just as, as well as that um, another personal highlight for me is, is actually I've, I've had a real chance this year to um, to to run a few you know remote recording sessions mm, mm. with lots of different people and that has been so nice just talking to different people and meeting people that you don't necessarily work with all the time and I think that was nice because we are a family at Big Finish and we you know we really are uh, you know we, we're so many lovely people so that are so committed to, to what we do and so to share some time and some yeah. energy with everybody was just lovely so it's been a nice year yeah um I just, oh, come on. well i mean i suppose uh the annihilators was uh, kept bringing that the the third doctor story which is coming out soon um uh, hopefully when this goes out i will have finished the music <laughs> um well you never know uh, yeah, so that was that's good. That's a highlight for me. Um, here's the trailer for that. What the devil? From Big Finish Productions, the Third Doctor Adventures: The Annihilators. Fire! It's three o'clock in the morning. My dear Dr. Shaw, sleep is for tortoises. Then I'm a tortoise. Look, Inspector, my scientific advice. The eccentric in a cravat with his dolly assistant. Bessie is steering herself. Look, no hands. Oh, for goodness sake. They may prove their danger to us. And I felt compelled to reassure you that I'm not anyone's dolly assistant. Get back, Sergeant. Oh, God, how did it do that? Something seems to be forming into something. Whatever's fermenting in the water out there and creating a green slick about the size of a double-decker bus, madam. The annihilation of the entire human race. Something hit us, I... The planet will be shaken to its very core. Natural disasters, extreme weather, and tsunamis will tear the surface apart. Big finish. We love stories. I need to know if I should get more armed personnel up here. Blame it. I would if I were you, sir. That thing looked flipping terrifying. Not an entirely a scientific analysis, Sergeant. Good enough for me. And um, I think working on the Annihilators and helping a new producer, Heather Challens, who um, got on board for Big Finish, and she's doing so much. So much of it is top secret at the moment. Yeah, uh, and yeah. she's working really, really well. And it kind of, it's been a real thrill to me for you know for 
her to turn out to be so good. I mean, I, I kind of thought she would be, but you always take a chance with people, don't you? So that's been lovely, bringing someone new into Big Finish. Um, there's also Dominic G. Martin, of course, who's come in and, and is working very hard with us, and he's brilliant too. And also uh, Mark Wright, who's an old hand at Big Finish, but he's the producer of the first and second Doctor Rangers, and I've been working with him. I'm directing him with, with him on those. And... Um, so yeah, I'm really the, the the we've recorded the first Doctor Adventures, and that's very exciting. Personal highlight: um, my 60th birthday, and you and Aww. Jamie and Jez coming over, and us going out for a meal and everything. That was great. That was that was great fun. That was a real adventure, wasn't yeah, it? It's lovely. That lovely. was gosh, yes, that was lovely. Good food, good company. Yeah, good fun. So there we are. Um, did you have a personal highlight of the year? I can't. Do you know what? Personal I hygiene uh, highlight. Of the year? Personal <laughs> hygiene. I can't think of. I mean, that was a great time. Um, I moved house. That was nice because I live next to a woodland, and I. Uh, and I know that sounds weird, but it's like this. This I live right next to a woods and a, a huge park, and it's been so good for me mm. um, at the end of my my working day uh, to just go out for a long walk, and I can just. Honestly, within within thirty seconds of going out of my door, I'm in the middle of woodland, right. and it's just it's so therapeutic. It's really nice, and like to to go to sleep, and I can hear owls. I can hear an owl. We've got hedgehogs in the garden. Can you and hear it's, them? I think, yes, they're going. Oh, owl, stop pricking me! Um, <laughs> uh, but it's it, that. I know it sounds weird, but that is a personal highlight because it's no, just it's not weird actually, at all. Actually, Benji, I think it's it was rather... just really. It's just nice to to be out in the elements, and because where where I lived before, everything was nearby, but it was sort of still a walk away, and you still have to, you know, you can't. There's nothing magical about walking down a road, is there? You know, a main road. No. Whereas now no, no. it's just, you know, thirty seconds. I'm in the middle of a woodland. It's lovely. Uh, well, yes, I'm I'm quite wooded round here, and and the sea nearby, and that's nice. Yeah. Do you know what I discovered the other day? Actually, mm. this is What's quite cool. No, in the mi- in the middle of the woods. Mm. There is an old Victorian public, public lavatory. This old, huge steel, ornate, beautiful steel thing that's just been left there. There's nothing else around it. It's just there for some reason, but it's it's beautifully ornate and Victorian. Just in the in middle, the of, middle the woods. of the woods. Yeah, yeah. No idea why. It's not functioning anymore, presumably. No, no. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't go I, in and flash I, it. I didn't go in to find out, but um, it was very strange to see it there. You know, I wonder if it's maybe it's the Master's TARDIS. I think that is actually what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't go in. Might have made a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The the Master would uh, decompression eliminate you for making a mess in his TARDIS. (laughs) You will suffer for this. (laughs) It's not a functioning lavatory. How Um, dare you desecrate? I did say desecrate. Des- desecrate is a great word, isn't it? Oh, I've, been, I've been watching um, The Demons recently. You will uh, not we. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, he's like, what a face. What a face. Oh, no, I've just started has. re-watching Terror of the Autons. Sorry, you've one been of my watching fav- The Demons. One of, Terror of the Autons is one of my favourite yeah. stories of all time. I love it to bits. I still can't but work yeah, out why he goes to a circus, though. To introduce the master, isn't that <laughs> yeah, obvious? But why does the master go to the circus? Because he just gets know. some fat circus owner to to whack a security guard over the head. Yeah, it is very. It is a strange thing, isn't it? And I love the fact that the tard- his TARDIS is just a van. Yeah. You know, of all the things in the universe, ah, oh, yes, a van. Well, he knows he's going van. to the circus because you know what I mean, and he knows the guy's name and everything, and he knows that it's a pseudonym, and it's all been planned meticulously. What am I missing, folks, about why it's a circus? Someone write in and tell me. Podcast at bigfinish.com. Podcast. I might at find out in the next couple net. of weeks rewatching it. Yeah, that, that one line. So that's why they went to the circus. Um, yeah, I'm just waiting just for that. Just to confuse me- Nick Briggs. <laughs> The music in that story is is probably my one of my favourites um, in that particular time. With all the electronic music, mm. it's just fab and so cold and so like cold and clammy. Mm. Um, but yeah, oh, 
going to make me want to watch it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, time for the good review guide where we review Terror of the Autons. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. Sorry, what did you say? Said for you. Oh, right, sorry. You fool, you old fool. You will obey me. And this week, as promised, it's uh, The Avengers, the comic strip adaptations, volume five, Steed and Tara King. Not many reviews, but some. Steed, Miss King, how lovely to see you again. From Big Finish Productions, The Avengers, the comic strip adaptations, volume five. In the next few minutes, we'll find out whether the world is about to be destroyed or not. It hardly looks hostile, does it? Hostile territory really does. You see the problem, sir? It seems to have sprung up overnight. Oh, we're full of surprises up here. It's true. I fear I may be in great danger. They foretold the future. Sounds like a most unpredictable prediction. Did you not see that coming? Tara? It's quite wild out here, Wing Commander. You should have seen it first thing this morning. Some of these plants must have been ten feet high. What a marvellous view! The majestic moors and dales. And a thistle higher than an electricity pylon. Look! Engage your target at will. Over. Received and understood, squadron leader. A magnificent cavalier. I'm not just any magnificent cavalier, Miss King. I am King Charles II. That's it! Rout those parliamentarians! A giant worm! Or caterpillar! Get behind me! Have at you! Steed! Steed, answer me! Hold there! Who the blazes are... What have you done with Tara? This game is far from over. <laughs> and this year, we have a very special guest. From the Ministry, no less. Zen, I wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> Big finish. We love stories. Well, that does sound marvellous. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Avengers into the search pane at the top to locate all our releases involving the Avengers. Classic 1960s fantastical spy drama. First up, uh, warpedfactor.com, Matthew Kressel. Um, Whether you're a fan of the Avengers or merely have fond memories of the series, this latest set of comic strip adaptations is well worth checking out. From the work of the writers in fleshing out the comic strips to the performances of Wadham and Woodward, uh, these four episodes represent a delightful slice from the cake of 60s spy-fi. And if you require a few hours of escape, and frankly, who isn't these days, uh, you could do a lot worse than give this a listen. Well, uh, that's brilliant. A delightful slice from the cake of 60s spy-fi. That's what that should be the strap line across the Avengers releases, shouldn't it? Absolutely. What type, of, what type of cake do you think Spy Fi would be? Uh, coffee and walnut. Ooh, yes, my favourite cake as well. Yeah. So good shout, good choice. Uh, lovely coffee and walnut cake uh, mm. in the local uh, bakery cafe place we go to. Yeah, and it's like spoiled it when they put a walnut, like little you know those those nuts on the top as well. Like they always the have like a whole nut. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it being top. coffee and walnut. Yeah, yes, yeah. and it's just. Um, Spoils spoils me for having coffee and walnut cake anywhere else. I, I see it and I go, oh, that looks nice. And I, no, it's no good. Not compared. It's not the same. Not compared not same. to Cafe Bean. <laughs> anyway, um, this from the, the lovely Paul Simpson uh, at SciFiBulletin.com. Uh, he goes into the individual stories. Whatever next was one of the episodes. Another enjoyable return to the world of the Avengers. Eight out of ten. How does your garden grow? How does your garden grow? Out of control, mine does. Probably as far as the audio series should go towards taking the Avengers into this sort of territory. Oh, I say. It's an outlandish but enjoyable tale. Eight, eight out of ten. Eight, eight. Oh, I said 88 out of ten. Very good mark there, Paul. A very civil war. Nothing to be cavalier about. Uh, do you see what he's saying there? Civil war. I like yeah. it. I like it. I like this it. This is another enjoyable escapade. Eight out of ten. Mother's Day, a fine capstone to another enjoyable box step, box set set. Can I read or speak? No. Eight out of ten. Wow, thank you very much. Uh, gotta recommend The Avengers. Um, just brilliant. Give it a try. Um, 
superb work. Um, yeah, lovely. Uh, that's it for the reviews this week. Next week, the Good Review Guide is taking a little rest, but we'll be back in the second podcast of the new year. In its place will be Benji's Beano Batman. Uh, of course. An entirely yes. new yes. section of the podcast, which actually doesn't exist. Yes, I didn't do it. Batman. Uh, coming up right now because it's Boxing Day. We box each other to death. No, we don't. Uh, we go behind the scenes with the Box of Delights. I'm Barnaby Edwards, and I'm the director of The Box of Delights. What's in the box? Treasure? Treasures beyond imagining. Wonders without end. I call it my Box of Delights. The whole sort of project started because we were contemplating... We're trying to think of a, of a really good children's story to do for Big Finish for, for Christmas and a slightly unusual one. And we knew that we had Derek Jacobi sort of at our, uh, not at our beck and call, but, but he was within the Big Finish family. And I think as soon as those two facts coalesced in people's minds, the idea of having him as Cole Hawlings in the Box of Delights was born. And once that was born and the script started getting written... I'm immensely familiar with all the characters and I'm obviously I've been working with actors my entire life so it was a very very quick and easy process for me to cast it because I heard all of those characters in my head and so once we had Derek in place I obviously knew I had to have a great villain to go opposite him as Abner Brown so we were very very lucky to have Mark Gatiss uh, come on board and Mark is the most monumental Box of Delights fan as well he absolutely gushed about about wanting to do it which is great because I wanted him to do it um, so that was a great sort of pairing and then we knew that we wanted Mac as Kay Harker and then sort of everyone else sort of fell into place around that Hello my name's Emma Haig and I'm the producer of The Box of Delights Working on the Box of Delights has been an utter joy. I mean, I'm very lucky with my big finished work to work on some fabulous productions with brilliant cast and, and talent and crew, but this has been a really, a really special experience, particularly working with Barnaby Edwards. I hadn't worked with Barnaby before, and I have been extremely blessed to work with a director who has a huge knowledge and just a huge joy and love for this particular book and this particular story. My name's Christopher William Hill and I adapted The Box of Delights. I knew the story of The Box of Delights very well before coming to this adaptation because I remembered the BBC adaptation in 1984 which made a really strong impression on me and also from my mum reading me The Box of Delights as a child. So it's been an important part of, of growing up and it's a book that I return to time and time again if I want to transport myself back in time to a happy childhood place. I've been a huge fan of The Box of Delights for 25 years. And so I kind of, you know, Christopher did this fantastic job, but I've sort of added some little uh, frills and tied, tidied up things and things like that. So what I've tried to do in my little tweaks is to sort of create a world where everything is sort of prefigured. There are lots of sort of hints about... You know, Mariah says an awful lot of things which then come to pass and then Kay sees things on the train which then come to pass possibly in his dream, possibly not, that sort of thing. And also I've, with my director's head on, I've tried to up the action. So I kind of rejigged the action sequences just to make them more for audio because they were all there, but it's just to sort of tighten it up. But a travelling man collects as he goes, or doesn't he? I should think he does, Mr... Uh, Hawlings, Cole Hawlings. You're one that thinks right then. The Box of Delights is unusual as a literary adaptation in that the novel is entirely kind of based around Kay and follows his storyline all the way through and lots of characters come in and fall away and come in and fall away but it's, we're very much just with Kay. And lots of the decisions that he makes are described in the sort of prose bits rather than the dialogue bits. 
And so it's quite a difficult thing to adapt successfully for audio. And I think one of the great things that Christopher did in his adaptation was he made the decision because in the novel, Kay and Peter go to, the first time they go to Chester Hills to see Abner Brown's lair, Peter gets scrubbled and that's it. You don't see Peter until right at the end when he's rescued along with the choir boys and the bishop and the dean from the flooded underground caverns. So Christopher made a really, really wise decision there to keep Peter with Kay because then we can go into the past and they can talk to each other and tell us what they're seeing, tell us what they're doing, tell us what their thought processes are, which they can't really do. A lot of previous adaptations of Box of Delights have just had an older K narrating it and saying, and then I made a decision to go back into the past and see Troy and stuff like that. And I never really like that. I mean, sometimes narration is very nice, but I never really like that because it, it takes you just away from the immediate world of the, the novel and, and the adventures of those characters within it. So I think uh, Christopher did a fantastic job in doing that and um, keeping us with those two and then leading us through the story. What Christopher William Hill's adaptation and Barnaby's knowledge and, and passion and energy for this for this story brought was what it gave us was a real um, strength and depth on which to build the whole production, which has just made it really easy to build such a great team around. And we were so lucky in attracting the cast that we did to have uh, Derek Jacobi amongst the Big Finish family and to be able to ask him to do Cole Hallings was just a just a real treat and. To have Mark Gatiss, dear Abner, I mean, what a wonderful baddie he he has made. Hi, my name's Matt Keith Roach and I'm Kay Harker. Were you daunted at all when you got the script and you realised you were in pretty much every scene? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was quite daunting. So I, I, I got the script and I thought there were 10 episodes and I was like, that's a lot. I thought it was going to be one or two. <laughs> and, and so I looked through them and then... I figured out, oh, I'm the main part. Well, that that's that's awesome. And I read them all and I I read like the first, I don't know, three and it took me a couple of hours. <laughs> there was a lot and I was in almost every scene, but it's been amazing fun. It's been really nice. In the start of the book, Kay is coming home for Christmas to see Kings. This is where he meets all of the characters and there's Cole Hornings, whom he meets on the station, and later on in the book there's Peter, his best friend, there's Chubby Joe, Foxy Face Charles, and the start is all about him finding about the magical world. Hello, my name is Derek Jacobi, and I play Cole Hawlings. I say, are you a Punch and Judy man? I am, so to speak, a showman, when chance does call. You may not know the history at all about, about the Box of Delights, but you're following in the footsteps of a number of really sort of key performers over the years. When it was first done, Harcourt Williams uh, was the Good first heavens. person to play uh, uh, Cole Hawlings in 1948. And then there was Cyril Shapps and Lionel oh. Jeffries. And on the television, there was Patrick Troughton. Golly. So I'm hoping that you didn't see any of these people before. <laughs> no, I didn't. I saw them in various things, other things, yes. But I, I wouldn't have put myself in that in that um, particular class of students. I don't I don't think I have made much in common with any. They were all wonderful actors. I don't think I have very much in common with any of them, really. Well, I think the interesting thing about that is that although he's he's such a sort of recognisable character, uh, Cole Hawlings, I think there are just so many different ways of playing him because he's such a complicated person. He's lived for five hundred years. Yes. So yes. I think a number of different actors can play him, of course. At the moment, I feel I've lived for a hundred years. <laughs> Where have you gone, boy? Where you'll never find him again. Just as you'll never get your hands on my elixir or my box of delights. Do you have a sort of preference for whether you play heroes or villains? Uh, not really. The best parts, some of the best parts, I think, are, are victims. I've played lots of victims in my time. I, I, I don't really distinguish between the good and the bad. It was, a, it, it was a good part. It was a wonderful character. That's good. That's, that's what I, I love doing. Um, but, uh, but both the, 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 the goodies and the baddies, they're both enjoyable to do. Possibly the easiest for me are the goodies. I've, I've got that look about me. I will, yes, I'm, I'm basically a goodie. Who loves, to, who loves to be bad. Just go to bigfinish.com and type, why not? Box of Delights. B-O-D. 
No, don't put bod. Anyway, type that in will enable you to catch up with some festive spirit to beat your turkey leftovers. I'm just beating my turkey leftovers. Now then. Settle back with a nice glass of sherry or similarly warming non-alcoholic beverage because it's listeners' emails. Uh, If you want to send us an email, uh, you can. Okay. Nick's tossing an orange, a tangerine around. Uh, but yes, you can. All you need to do is pick up your quill and a bit of parchment, <laughs> dip it in the inkwell, and send your email to podcast at bigfinish.com. Uh, that's exactly what Daniel Hughes did with the subject Dalek Universe. Mm-hmm. Hello, Nick and Benji. I hope you're both well. Inkwell. Firstly, <laughs> I want to say how sorry I am that Nick had fallen ill with COVID, and I hope you're feeling better now. Daniel Hughes, BBC News, thank you very much for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm dum, feeling dum, a lot better. Dum, 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 dum. That's good, that's good. Well, you certainly seem chipper, sharp as a thistle, and clean as a whistle. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I just recently purchased the Dalek Universe miniseries. Uh, this had been uh, top of my purchasing list ever since it was announced, and had been waiting for the right time to purchase it finance permitting until now as I write this I I love it when people say as I write this it always makes me think of people you know like when in sort of programs where they're sitting writing a diary as I write this the war is raging outside the window (laughs) (laughs) Mrs Bridges has burnt her cakes oh no and Hudson's on the booze again it's it's all those things as well as you know like um, I find myself on the train the half past six from Backminster to so-and-so, uh, looking out at the scenery as I write this to you, my love. I'm currently listening to the Dalek Universe 2, uh, with no the, uh, to give kudos to everyone working for Big Finish, from actors to production team to Big Finish's unsung heroes. Uh, it's uh, That was them singing. It's very hard to imagine that nine out of the ten stories were recorded during lockdown. The stories are very well put together with no obvious jarring. Oh, thank goodness for that. Yes, we don't like jars here. Tins, at least. Oh, and uh, not obvious not, either. No, there's nothing subtle obvious jarring, about that. Subtle jarring, like, yes. Yes, subtle jarring. <laughs> he was subtly jarred. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Having not previously listened to the stories featuring Anne Kelso, Anya Kingdom's original travels with the Fourth Doctor, it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the stories, as there was enough exposition without alienating those who are yet to purchase Anya's previous encounters with the Doctor. Oh, very clever, you see, with uh, John Dorney, very clever. See, here we go, we go back into... As I listen to these stories <laughs> from my train ride from King's Cross, uh, it does only bring me to one question which Dalek Universe 1 had jogged my memory of. The Daleks' master plan had hinted that the first Doctor had been to the planet Myra before and is already familiar with the invisible Visions. Uh, would you ever consider doing this story? Kind regards, Daniel. Sent from mail for Windows. Oh, good Uh Well, uh, Daniel, I would consider doing that story of the first Doctor going to Myra, actually. Hmm. I would do it. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, you got me thinking. Uh, Next up, uh, Alexander Neff, uh, who's written in before, recently, last uh, podcast, says, uh, Doctor Who, the comic adaptations and novel adaptations. So it's adaptations, not adaptions. Um, So here's, here's... Now, it's like Alexander's only recently started listening to the podcast, so I won't be rude, all right, Alexander? Say, dear Big Finish Podcast, is the Doctor Who comic strip adaptation range cancelled? Another question, why did the Doctor Who novel adaptations (laughs) range end? These are hoary old questions. Uh, Also, was there a reason why the Time Worm arc was never adapted from Alexander Neff? Um... Well, it's it's all down to whether something is successful or not in terms of sales, Alexander. And um, it's certainly with the novel adaptations, it's something I think we consider coming back to, but it, it wasn't a runaway success for us. And I think we anticipated that it would be an enormous success and we kind of really went to town on the packaging and everything. And, and it, didn't, um, uh, yeah, it didn't quite... Uh, 
there's a there's a small and very dedicated audience for the novel adaptations and they they have written into the podcast a lot which is why we're sort of chortling at your lovely email um that, so neither range is cancelled you know i would i would never say that about uh, anything well almost anything almost nothing i've got myself into a grammatical uh, hysteretic loop um yeah i wouldn't say that anything's been cancelled unless it's been cancelled um so yeah we might go back to comic strips and we might go back to novels but there are no firm plans and nothing on the schedule at the moment so sorry about that alexander you heard it there from the briggs and finally <laughs> uh cameron smith here writes uh return of rain creevy or even chris uh hope all is well at big finish productions a few months back I had the pleasure of listening to The Further Adventures of Lucy Miller a great box set by the Thank way you. and of course the new Charlotte Pollard Further Adventures is coming out soon uh, so my question to Nick and Benji and whomever may read this email will we get some further adventure sets with Rain, Chris or possibly even Eremem uh, there are absolutely no plans for any of that no Zilch, there we go. Uh, it's clear that Rain had more adventures with the Seventh Doctor than we got to hear, a few with Ace that are set post-Earth Aid, and much later on with a Solo Seven in Unit Dominion. Uh, I love the middle-class safecracker, and Beth Chalmers clearly gets around at Big Finish, so <laughs> I would love to hear more of Rain. Beth Chalmers is great. Yes. Uh, as for Chris, a uh, further divergent box set taking place between Twilight Kingdom and Faith Stealer. Mm. Uh, thanks for listening, Cameron J. Smith. Well, Cameron, yeah, as I say, uh, there's no plans there. I would never rule anything out, but uh, I, I, I you would if you had a ruler. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I've not got a ruler on me. The, the Divergent Universe thing troubled me because it didn't have any time travel in it, and I think that's you know part of Doctor's Doctor Who's USP. So that was strange, and it certainly wasn't particularly popular uh, in terms of sales. Um, yeah, but still, you know, it would be nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, no plans for any of that. So sorry to uh, um, end on a disappointing note. Mm, that was a disappointing note. Uh, that's it for the emails this week. Still to come on the podcast, there'll be a 15-minute drama tease of The Box of Delights. Ooh. Such a beautifully crafted fantasy, uh, directed by the brilliant Barnaby Edwards. Yes. But first, it's time for Also Available. This week, it's a tease of our Paul Sprague Memorial Short Trips winning entry. Growing up, Freya and I were never afraid of the creature. Mum had done her best to make it a game. Who could lock the doors and windows the fastest? Who could pull all the curtains closed first? Most nights, I wasn't awake to hear the gulls outside fall silent. All the nightmarish dragging sounds and the hideous screeches that followed. But that night, I got curious. I waited until Mum had finished reading Freya her bedtime story. I knew they would both be asleep. I crept out of my bedroom and down the hallway. I just wanted to see it. I went to the front door and carefully pulled it open. The silence pushed against my ears. Then the scraping started. The shrieking. It was near. I panicked. The fear crumpled on top of me and I ran back to my bedroom. I pulled the duvet up over my head. My breath thundered in my ears. But not loud enough to cover the sound of the front door creaking open. I hadn't closed it. The creature clawed its way into the house, tearing into the carpet with every step. The walls shook as it dragged itself past Freya's room. I realised with a start that my bedroom door wasn't closed either. The monster moved past Mum's room, making a series of deep, guttural clicks and chirps that made my teeth rattle in my skull. I still dream about those noises. I flung the duvet off and lunged for the door. Grabbing the handle, I tried to close it. Too late. With a deep thud, the door was knocked open, propelling me across the room and back into my bed. The first thing to hit me was the smell. 
a dull wave of dust and death. It faded, along with my bedroom and the haunting cries. Everything was replaced by a blinding light and then by the smell of seawater. I woke with a gasp as an icy spray of water hit my face. I was on a beach. I didn't recognize it. I cried as I walked, not knowing where I was or how I got there. Eventually, I was found and taken home. By the following week, Freya was dead. The doctors said it was an undetected heart condition, but I knew it was my fault. I'd let the creature and its curse into our home. After that, it wasn't a game anymore. When night fell, we locked our doors in silence and didn't say a word until the morning. Me, Mum, in an empty bedroom. Big Finish presents Doctor Who Short Trips The Liquorwick Abomination by Joe Vivas Read by Jacob Dudman There's not much to Liquorwick a small, forgotten husk of an old Scottish fishing town, its harbours and docks now decrepit and abandoned. The dry mist rolls off the sea and licks around the crooked clay chimneys and the crumbling church spires. Sometimes tourists take a wrong turn and end up here. You can always tell them apart, standing out amongst the townsfolk who are as grey and ragged as the bricks of Lickerwick itself. The only time the town ever seemed to have any sort of energy was when the sun began to set. You'd hear a few urgent whispers in the streets. Shop doors would bang shut and lock. Footsteps would begin to quicken. In Lickerwick, you're home by sunset. You draw the curtains, lock the doors, and when the shrieking gulls fall silent, you don't look outside until the sun rises. That was life in Lickerwick. It had been longer than I thought that afternoon. Mum had been late again on church magazine duty and had begged me to deliver the last few copies up to Glebe Road, right on the other side of town. As I slid the final magazine through the letterbox, I began to notice the quiet creeping in. I knew it was time I started making my way home. As I headed through the narrow, nearly empty high street, I could hear the doors and windows being bolted. I started to jog, but stopped when I heard an unfamiliar voice from inside the open door of Aston's chippy. I slowly edged my head around the doorway and looked inside. There was an unusual man standing in the shop, his hands in the pockets of a battered leather jacket. A wide grin aimed squarely at a suspicious-looking Mr. Aston. Tell you what, the man said. Searching through his pockets. Call it a fiver and you can keep the change. No chips out now, Mr. Aston barked back, trotting around the counter and pushing the man towards the door. The man barreled out into the street, the door slamming shut behind him. <laughs> Still got it, the man laughed to himself, before turning and spotting me. Oh, hello, he said cheerily. He definitely wasn't from around here. You shouldn't be here, was all I could think to say to him. Why is that then? It's not safe. The sarcastic look he was giving me was making me feel foolish at my own words. Sounds like that's exactly where I should be then, the man beamed at me. What's your name? Malcolm. Nice to meet you, I'm the doctor. Tell me, Malcolm, why is it so quiet around here? I wanted to tell him. But you wouldn't understand. The tourists never believed us. You need to leave, I told him. Or get indoors before the sun sets. 
Oh, just my luck. Nowhere to go. You have to. Or what? It'll find you. The doctor's smile faltered a little at that. What will find me? Just go to bigfinish.com and type abomination into the search pane at the top to find this great story by Joe Vivas. Congratulations, uh, the winner of the Paul Sprague Memorial Short Trips competition. And remember, it is absolutely free. Well, that's it for this week and indeed for this year. Oh, well, we hope you've had and are having a great festive time. Mm. Remember, Big Finish is always here for you to tantalise your ear things with top-class audio drama. Nick and I will be back next week. That's right, Benji, and we'll be looking at the first story of our new Fifth Doctor range, entitled 40 and featuring the Cybermen and the Ice Warriors. In the meantime, just time to say belatedly, Merry Christmas and in advance, Happy New Year. (laughs) See you in the space year 2022. Time now for the Box of Delights. Young man, we're going to shift the train. I think I dropped my ticket in the carriage. Oh, one minute, Sam. Uh, this was your compartment, wasn't it? Well, which seat were you sitting at? That one. Perhaps it's gone down between the back and the seat. Wait a tick. Well, I can't see it. Did you have it when they punched tickets at Blenarfen? Yes. At least, I think I did. Well, it ain't there. You'd better explain to the inspector on the next train and hope he's in a festive spirit. <laughs> All for Condicut and Tatchester, stay on this platform. All for Yokwadeen and... <laughs> Hello, boy. You're a friendly fellow. Who do you belong to, eh? It's all right, boy. It's all right. Those big dogs aren't interested in you. Down, down. And I say that a couple of mouthfuls in a station restaurant will know. It's hungry work we're about. Let's keep our minds on the job, eh, Joe? Eyes rather than potatoes peeled. <laughs> what? He's did all those Charles. Don't a runner, as they say in the pictures. Must have hopped off the train when it slowed down somewhere. Yeah. The chief won't be pleased. We'd better telephone and report. Unless he got under a seat in a first-class carriage and he's still on the train. We might get him yet in a shunting yard. Look lively there. <laughs> Don't be frightened. They're gone now. I wonder who they're hunting for. Yeah, ah, I see that my barley dog has made friends with you at first sight. That's the time that likings are made. Um, 
Yes, sir. And you, young master, are looking for your ticket, which, lo, is on the platform, dropped at your feet. Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you. It must have slipped from your pocket as you rumpaged. Well, I must be moving along, young master. Barney Dog here has a liking for the front of the train. Um, can I carry your case? No, I thank you. But if you'll be so kind as to steady her when I swing her, then we can get her onto my back where she rides a triumph. Ah, I am most grateful. Only I do date from pagan times, and age makes joints to creak. <laughs> or doesn't it? I should think it does. Come along, Barney Dog. Found him, then. Oh, sorry, I must be getting jumpy. Found who? Your ticket! Oh, yes. I wonder if those detectives found their man. What detectives? Those two gentlemen with their dogs. They were searching for someone. Oh, them, yes. They got him all right. He was under one of the seats dressing up as a duchess. Really? If they'd left it a minute more, he'd have finished his disguise. Then not even the Prime Minister himself would have been able to tell the difference. Stand back! Train approaching! What had he done? What hadn't he done? A wrong one, that's for sure. Had a row with his father-in-law, put the poor old man through the mincer and sold him off as dog's meat. Dog's meat? And no one would have been any the wiser. Only one of the waistcoat buttons got stuck in a dog's throat, and the lady who owned the dog complained. Then it all came out. Stand back on the edge of the platform, I say! Is this the Condicott train? It is indeed. There you go. This compartment's free. Yeah. Thank you. Mind your fingers. What will they do to him? The murderer? Oh, we'll get the rope, he will. Wait half a minute. We're men of the cloth. What? Hold the train. You nearly missed it. Here you go, your uh, holinesses. Uh, not holinesses. Curates. Curates? But I thought you were dead. In training. Begging your pardon, gents. Safe travels. Stand back. This train departing. Yoquidine and Newminster train next to arrive on number five platform. Our young friend is awake at last. You've been out a full 20 minutes. I... Uh, I must have nodded off. Going home for the Christmas holidays? Ha <laughs> ha, what? Yes, sir. Going far, are you? Uh, to Contacote Junction. Indeed. I wonder if, in the Christmas holidays, you will be doing card tricks. I'm afraid I don't know any, sir. Not know any? Oh, you amaze me. Perhaps I might teach you a simple trick. Uh, don't you think, uh, Tristan, uh, that our friend here has the face of a boy certain to be clever at card tricks, what? The very face. Now, let me see if I have my cards. Ah, yes. Here are my old companions. Fetch down the lad's case, uh, Bedivere. It shall serve as our card table. As a rule, young man, don't get tempted into playing cards with strangers on a train or a ship. And especially not in pres pre pre Presbyterian chapels. Uh, no, it's disrespectful. Uh, but there's no harm in showing the boy one of the tricks that unscrupulous mountebanks play to deceive the unwary. Uh, let me show you the most common trick. It's called spotting the lady. Ah, I deal three cards face up, like this. 
the Four of Hearts, Two of Hearts, and the Queen of Clubs. The Lady. With me so far? Yes, sir. Good. Now, mark their positions well. Then I turn them face down like so. And lo, they shift, they lift, they dive. Now, which is the lady? Um, that one? So it is. So it is. What it is to have young eyes, eh, uh, uh, Lancelot? It wasn't his young eyes. It was your clumsy dealing. I see I must give myself some incentive. Uh, very well. If you beat me this time, young man, I'll give you sixpence. That's really not necessary. Watch now the whirling cards. They shift, they lift, they dive. Now, can you tell the lady this time? Yes, here she is. The Queen of Clubs. Well, here is your sixpence. Best of three, eh? And if I beat you this time, you shall give me half a crown for the poor box. It'll pay for warm blankets and nourishing beef tea for the needy. And a slug of rum, with the compliments of the season. Well, what do you say? I... I'm not allowed to gamble. That's not gambling. That's sportsman's honour, that is. Agreed. Agreed. What? They shift, they lift, they dive. Now, which is the lady? This card. I've been watching it the whole time. The Three of Hearts! Oh, dear. Well, that'll be half a crown, please. But... For the poor and needy. Yes, sir. You carry your money in a purse, do you? That's a wise precaution. One never knows the company one might meet. Oh, my, what a magnificent spire! Can you tell me what part of the country we're coming to now? That's Conducate Church. And up there, that wooded hill, is King Arthur's camp. It's an ancient Roman settlement. Indeed. Then the next station will be Conducate, I take it? Yes. You hear that, uh, Gawain? Our young friend here says that Condicate is the next stop. Where the hawks get out to wait for the chicken. Uh, if the chicken is still on the wing. Shoo! Shoo! It's only a dog. Never cared for them. Always sniffing out trouble. But didn't I see you with some dogs Do you early? keep dogs at Seekings, Master Harker? How did you know my name? And where I live? Magic! Oh, what? Magic? Either that, or it's written on the suitcase you've been using as the car table. Oh, of course. This must be Condicate Station. Your case, Master Harker. <coughs> Thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must dash. Goodbye. Yeah. What do you reckon? A distinct possibility. Hmm. Lead on, Macduff. What? Shakespeare. Who? Oh. Tickets, please. Have your tickets ready. There you are. Ah, <laughs> thank you, young sir. Oh, tickets, please. Kay! Kay! Over here! Caroline Louisa! Excuse me. Uh, thank you. Sorry. Did you have an eventful journey? I nearly saw a murderer at Tatchester. He was trying to disguise himself as a duchess. <laughs> Kay, honestly. <laughs> Jim? Master Kay, how you grown? Hello, Jim. It's good to be back. Book learning seems to suit me. I'll take your bags, Master Kay. <laughs> Thank you. I say. What is it, Kay? My purse. It's gone. Oh, no. When did you last have it? On the train. I must have dropped it or... That's odd. It's my ticket. It can't be. I saw you hand it to the station master. I certainly gave him a ticket. How strange. 
I couldn't find my ticket at Musborough. And then this old man appeared out of nowhere and said, there, Lo, it's on the platform, and there he is, over there with the Irish Terrier. Who? The old man. What a large case. It's almost as big as he is. Striped. Hmm. I think he might be a punch and duty man. I'll ask him. And I'll ask if I had his ticket, too. Oh, Caroline Louisa, may we offer him a lift? It's cold weather to be lugging that load on his back. <laughs> of course. Ask him if you like. Thanks, Caroline Louisa. Back in a tick. The car's out front, Master Kay. I'll warm her up, ma'am. <sighs> Thank you, Jim. I'll come with you. <sighs> this cold seeps into one's bones. We must be on the lookout, Barney Dog. The net is closing. Um, excuse me, sir. I think I may have taken your ticket by mistake. Ah, young master. No, I have my own ticket. Thank you kindly. Oh, I thought... I say, are you a Punch and Judy man? I am, so to speak, a showman. When chance does call. Would you like a lift into town? My guardian has a car. Yeah, no, I thank you. But if you could steady my pack as you did before, then I won't stumble on my way. Ah, that's better. It's good to have things safe, Master Harker of Seekings. After all, anything might happen when the wolves are running. Wolves? Perhaps you would do something to stop their bite. Or wouldn't you? I'm not sure what you mean. Master Harker, there's something that no other soul can do for me but you alone. <laughs> 